I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where finance, technology, and policy come together. I'm your host, Chris Brummer, and the future of finance is now. The Federal Trade Commission, led by the 32-year-old Columbia law professor Lena Khan, is shaking the world of commerce or at least is aiming to, as the agency has promised a far more aggressive enforcement regime than in recent past, and is advancing new theories concerning monopoly power and antitrust law. New theories that are touching on longstanding frameworks for privacy and even network economics. But what does a reinvigorated FTC mean for things like open banking, payments, and cryptocurrencies? Well, to break down the basics, I'm delighted to have Dwayne Poza, a partner at the Wiley Law Firm who cut his teeth at the FTC as an assistant director in the Division of Financial Practices and led consumer protection efforts in financial technology and worked extensively on issues involving tech platforms. And in this episode, we'll be digging deeper into the question of what unexpected nooks and crannies the next round of regulation may be coming from. Now let's get right on down to the skit. Dwayne, so great to have you. So great to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. Okay, so many of our listeners are all too familiar with agencies like the SEC and the CFTC, especially in some of our episodes on cryptocurrencies. But maybe you can break down for us in sort of broad terms just what the FTC does and and, and how its oversight or, or market mandate may, may may differ from some of the other financial regulators, um, and, and even for that matter, this, the, the, the CFPB. Sure, happy to do it. So uh, one important thing to know about the FTC is that it's over 100 years old. So it was originally created to police um, unfair or deceptive practices and unfair methods of competition. So it does both uh, the consumer protection side and the competition side. And over the years, obviously, it's, it's adapted with the economy. I think um, many people know it as the chief privacy enforcer uh, in the United States right now, but that's far from the only thing the FTC does. It actually has fairly you know, large, dramatic powers over um, huge sections of the economy. So in, in the world of financial services, one interesting point about that is it doesn't have jurisdiction over banks. That's you know the CFPB and the prudential regulators, and it also doesn't over securities. But when it comes to fintech, that has tended to be a bit of a, a sweet spot, actually, for the FTC, uh, because a lot of what the FTC does these days is police tech companies. And the tech part of fintech is of particular interest to the agency. So when I was there um, under uh, Chairwoman Ramirez, um, there was a joke, and she liked to call it the Federal Technology Commission because that had been uh, a large section of what they're doing. And I think it's fair to say that uh, Chair Khan is um, at least doubling down on that. Um, it's certainly a main interest of hers. Um, one thing I will say, uh, you know, the last part of your question is, how does this fit in with the CFP, CFPB, um, which is a relatively new agency, you know, 2010? And um, that that is a good question. I would say. Uh, they're often overlapping, um, particularly in the area of fintech. Both the FTC and the CFPB often will have um, jurisdiction over the same kind of actors. Um, and of course, Rohit Chopra, uh, the new director of the CFPB, uh, is a former FTC commissioner. So I think it is 
something to watch out for over the next year, um, how they, if at all, divide up sort of the, the world of fintech. That answer was super helpful on a number of fronts. Uh, we have, on the one hand, the SEC uh, that regulates securities markets, the CFTC, which is the derivatives regulator, and obviously you have folks who regulate banks, uh, the prudential regulators like the OCC and even the Federal Reserve. But you mentioned that the FTC, uh, the Federal Trade Commission, which has, um, as you know, really been around for a long time, has kind of leaned in uh, even in this soup of regulators to really make a difference uh, and their presence felt in financial technology. Um, what is it about financial technology, do you think, um, that's that's been this sort of sweet spot for the agency? You mentioned uh, privacy. Is it that financial technology relies on data and that's something the agency has a particular interest in? Or, or is it something else about fintech that makes it more likely to be the target of FTC oversight? Yeah, good question. So um, I think one important part about the FTC is that um, unlike some of these other agencies, they don't need a certain kind of like jurisdictional hook to address certain issues. Um, one reason the FTC, I think, has taken on such a role in technology is that it's um, filling a vacuum where there's no other um, you know, federal technology regulator, right? Um, so when it comes to, um, let's say, crypto, um, there's lots of debates, which we're all familiar with, about how you classify a digital asset to figure out whether or not a certain agency, you know, it's a security or commodity or someone has jurisdiction. The FTC actually doesn't have that issue. Um, it's, its main issue is, is there an, can it show that there's some sort of unfair or deceptive practice or a competition issue? Um, so that actually gives it a lot of leeway to go after uh, perceived problems in, in any kind of market, including financial markets. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, at least on crypto, it's brought some enforcement actions, um, including when I was there, but has left, I think, a lot of the other regulators to do a lot of the heavy lifting. But if, if you look more broadly in fintech, I think a, a key issue for the FTC has been over the last decade, data and um, what's been called big data or algorithms or sort of data-driven innovations, which obviously you see a ton of that in the financial sector. And so even a few years back, they had a, a report called, they called it the big data report, um, which was about all the different potential issues that could have happened um, across different kinds of markets, not just financial markets, with using big data, including issues around bias, which we can talk more about. And um, I think that's only grown. Um, and I think, you know, that intersects with the FTC's focus on privacy, but also is really important in financial services because there are just these big looming questions about how to uh, best and responsibly leverage, you know, big amounts of data on, consum on consumers to, you know, expand opportunities through credit, for example, um, but come with, you know, a series of risks that I think the FTC is traditionally focused on. What your answer really kind of points to then um, is that the FTC, and this is, you know, uh, one of those sort of quiet conversations here around town in, in, in Washington, D.C., you know, that, that, that the FTC is one of those little sneaky agencies, or I guess very obviously sneaky agencies, that can be a regulator of almost everything, right? I mean, when you're thinking about uh, deceptive acts and, and practices, you know, that, that, that touches on 
issues that, you know, if you're a securities regulator and you're thinking about uh, disclosure and anti-fraud issues, well, you know, it seems like there's an overlap uh, in terms of the anti-fraud mandates of some of the financial regulators, and then you have the FTC. And so you're saying that it's a kind of like a, a gap-filling agency, that, that, that where there is ambiguity, it, it tends to uh, uh, insert itself. Now, the, the likelihood of the agency inserting itself into different kinds of spaces, and you've sort of mentioned that big data may be a, a honeypot of, of sorts for, for regulatory action, but it's, it's largely being, um, I guess a lot of the conversation is being driven by sort of these new theories of competition and antitrust uh, power that, that, that could have implications for lots of different um, uh, nooks and crannies of the fintech uh, ecosystem. And, and many of these theories have been at least most lately expressed by the current chair, uh, Lena Khan. Um, what exactly, you know, for, for our audience, what, what do you think is, is, is important to know or to understand about how she views competition and competition law? And really, the mandate of the agency, and 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 how is this um, particular interpretation relevant for financial technology? Yeah, great question. So, Chair Khan really has brought um, a really innovative approach to, to thinking about how competition and uh, other issues like privacy intersect, uh, more so than other recent um, chairs and even other commissioners. She's really focused on the ways in which antitrust law can help protect consumer privacy. Um, so she's made a number of statements about how um, they can use the antitrust or the unfair methods of competition authority that the FTC has to really make sure that what they talk about in terms of privacy harms or um, data harms are addressed. Uh, this does raise a, a number of questions, including whether or not uh, the big focus in this area will be just larger companies. Um, traditionally, the FTC actually often will bring cases against um, smaller companies that still might have, say, in the financial world, a pretty big impact. Um, but but that has been a bit of her focus, you know, on the larger players, and I think that's something to watch out for over the the coming years. That is actually kind of helpful. I mean, some of our academic listeners may be familiar with uh, some of her theories, which actually originated from when she was in law school, uh, which tried to make the argument that even where monopolies appear to benefit customers by offering either uh, free services or lower prices, that, that monopolies can still be uh, destructive because maybe they restructure markets such that the variety of service providers shrink and and thereby the breadth of options for customers or or maybe there's some kind of other externality in the market or to society because of or or even where there are those lower prices so so she's really not sort of stuck just on that um, particular area of emphasis now um, this this kind of thinking has been aimed at big tech companies like Amazon and Facebook but what you're saying is that, uh, that same kind of logic could apply to fintech and suggest a really rigorous uh, engagement with not only small technology players, which are a traditional area of concern for the FTC, but also uh, big fintech, at least to the extent to which it's considered big. And, and I guess it's interesting to see where uh, that would play out. One area where I think this this really does intersect with financial technology companies is the, the use of data and algorithms, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because even if the companies themselves are not big, the, the sheer amount of data that 
companies have on any individual consumer, you know, is pretty broad. And it's interesting, you know, that just the conversation around the use of data has really shifted since I was there, you know, three years ago. Um, Now the discussions around um, use of data are often use the word surveillance. You know, the idea that, um, you know, borrowing from this idea of surveillance capitalism, right, that um, the use of the data itself uh, in some ways is harmful to consumers. And, you know, fintech, you know, is really coming from uh, the ethos of fintech is often coming from a different area, which is the more data you have about someone, particularly, let's say, you know, the underbanked or somebody with a thin credit file, the more you can, you know, if you use the data responsibly, give them more options and be more financially inclusive. And I think these conversations are still in tension in large part because um, the use of data for things like targeted advertising is, you know, it's kind of a different world than um, what, what the conversations you have a lot in fintech. But um, but one thing we can do, and this this is a conversation that I think, you know, around town is, is happening more explicitly is um, the FTC, in addition to having enforcement authority, um, can make rules. Um, it, it's a really complicated process. It takes a long time. Um, but, there, you know, there are signs that they could try to do like a privacy rulemaking. And, and I do think that, you know, putting aside privacy, it could impact things like how data is used um, and, um, you know, what, what um, Chairman or Commissioner Slaughter um, calls um, data abuses. Um, and, you know, th- those are going to be interesting uh, steps to watch if they go in that direction, because I think it could impact a lot more of uh, the economy and financial services than you think of when you just think about, you know, privacy in, in its own little bucket. But what does that mean when you start to move further afield out of fintech? And I ask it because it's really not something that people are really thinking too much about. I mean, e- even when you take an issue like machine learning and, and data and apply it to questions as to how to empower community banks, you know, it's, it's just not really an, int- uh, an, an issue that you hear um, really tackled head on. And, and I think this is all the more interesting when you move further afield uh, to things like crypto and smart contracts and DeFi, where you have new kinds of variations on questions relating to data, uh, privacy, transparency, competition, fair and unfair practices and the like. Uh, do you see the FTC moving into this space at all? And and what would maybe prevent it from, from doing so? Good question. I think that um, one of the issues around um, cryptocurrency, digital assets, uh, blockchain technology that is really challenging for all regulators is the speed at which everything is moving, um, combined with you know the potential to do things like improve um, financial services or other areas of the economy. With um, I think as in the early days of the internet, um, you know some scams, uh, some some promises that uh, are not being kept in the area. Um, again, you saw that in the early days of the internet too. I think it's very similar. So I think as a result, a lot of the efforts at other agencies, including at the FTC, has been to focus on, um, you know, deceptive practices. You know, it's in some, for some agencies, it's investor protections. For the FTC, as I mentioned, it's, it's just consumer protections. You don't have to talk about it as an investment contract. And the broader issue for all of these agencies, I think, um, including the FTC, is how do you balance the pro-innovation mission that these agencies should have? And that's that's baked into what the FTC, for example, does. 
Um, there's, you know, they part of their the way they police unfair practices is they have to weigh the costs and benefits of taking any particular action. Uh, so it's really embedded in the DNA of the agency. And then you see at, at other agencies like the CFPB, um, you know, and the other regulators, these innovation offices, which are designed to um, try to bring people in to talk about all the great things that are happening, um, including in areas like blockchain and digital assets that are, you know, could be more privacy protective and, you know, expand greater access to financial services. And um, we'll, we'll see how they go. Um, you know, the, it's important, I think, especially as, um, you know, the agencies have focused on, have tried to focus, you know, on the issues that they're seeing um, as, as digital assets and crypto expands, um, that they also keep their eye on the ball on making sure that their approach is solicitous of innovation. And, you know, one thing I think is important is try, tries to be technology neutral. Uh, you know, you, you can say, you can have a principle that says, you know, don't deceive consumers, right? And like that, that manifests in, you know, disclosure laws and, you know, other kinds of rules. It doesn't have to be specific to, uh, you know, crypto. Um, it might apply differently uh, depending on whether or not people understand crypto more or less than other traditional in instruments. But, um, but I think that, you know, keeping it technology neutral will be an important, important challenge for all these agencies. So my spidey sense was definitely tingling with that answer. A lot of uh, agencies undertake a cost-benefit analysis in undertaking their work and in the rule writing, but it's interesting to just ask uh, whether or not that analysis looks different in some way when competition is, is one of your primary objectives. And, and, and that gets even trickier to the extent to which you really are starting to introduce new theories of competition uh, that potentially take into consideration things beyond just prices, like, again, you know, the degree to which market power potentially stomps out innovation or, or even um, financial inclusion. But these things aren't really explicitly part of the mandates of most of the regulators we named at the outset of the show. Uh, so with that in mind, how does the FTC go about weighing sort of these, you know, different kinds of trade-offs uh, if we're moving in the Kanian direction, uh, especially as relating to frontier technologies? I think it has to be very deliberate for the agencies to do this, which is why it's good they have innovation offices. And it really needs to be a, a policy discussion. Um, many, like the FTC, for example, has the authority to study different areas without there being you know, an investigation, right? Um, to do um, policy reports, or other kinds of events. And, you know, you've seen a lot of that. Um, and in fact, there's a lot going on on the competition side around like labor markets right now, for example. Um, so I think you'll see more of that. And that is a different kind of analysis um, that I think should be more open to pro-innovation. Are there any areas where you're seeing those kinds of investigations um, or I guess on the other end of the spectrum, litigation. I mean, what are things looking like now on the ground in the first couple of months of, I guess, uh, uh, Chair uh, Khan's uh, leadership? Good question. Um, I, I often say that a lot of what goes on at these agencies is like an iceberg. Uh, you know, 90% of it is underneath the, the water. So honestly, it's hard to tell um, what is going on on the sort of investigation side. Um, from the public statements, though, uh, you know, the FTC has indicated it's going to be very active uh, in a number of areas, <clears throat> as has um, at the CAPB, Rohit Chopra has as well. 
Um, and I think it's worth mentioning um, one area where this will, where the, the intersection of competition um, and FinTech will overlap soon is the section 1033 um, rulemaking going on at the CFPB, um, which deals with um, consumer access to um, uh, their own financial information at financial institutions. Um, and, and that, you know, the, the overlay of that is uh, a competition lens, which is if consumers have the ability to um, access their financial data, share it with others, it promotes competition. At the same time, you know, they're, what they're looking at are the consumer protection issues around that. And um, that's an area actually where um, the CFPB will be weighing in over the next year. Uh, that I'll be interested to see if the FTC weighs in. They had a workshop last year on data portability that's explicitly covered this. Um, so that is, I think, that kind of area is in, where there is this intersection where you're going to see, I think, more action on the policy side. Yeah, I mean, open banking is, I guess, and maybe we should have just even started our conversation there, right? I mean, like, it, 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 it's it's the perfect example, right, where on the one hand, I mean, you have, you know, an executive order that includes really a consideration of things like open banking and and data portability and the like, right? And and then the question is, how exactly is that operationalized, right? Because in a way that's, in, in a way, really, you know, and no one really thought of it or explicitly that way, but it was a bit of a mandate or a nudge towards thinking um, about, you know, a new, about leveraging technology in certain kinds of ways. So to empower people, um, to be able to leverage their own data. Right. You know, and, and then, you know, what does a regulatory agency, you know, kind of, kind of do with that when its mandate may be a little bit more on the, on the consumer protection phase, even where competition may be a byproduct of, uh, uh, open banking. I guess you know. I guess maybe the, the best way to sort of um, uh, uh, in this particular uh, conversation, and then I guess you know, frankly, I'm looking forward to having you back on in about six months to a year to take an assessment as, as to some of the decisions that Chair Khan has made. But you know, when you're looking forward, if you're going to sort of create a bit of a diagram as to what are the most likely areas of um, uh, sort of FTC intervention, uh, you know, what would you name as maybe the, the top three? Yeah, so I think um, number one would be um, uh, bias and discrimination and outcomes. It, it's a huge priority across the administration, certainly at the FTC. It intersects with um, our discussion earlier about algorithms and AI. And um, obviously in the financial services space, you know, with ACOA, there's a, a backdrop there. But I don't think it's just um, about ACOA. I think the FTC is interested in whether or not um, algorithms cause racial agenda or other kinds of bias. And they're not looking just narrowly at credit. Um, and, and, you know, they, they put out posts to that effect. So I expect that they're already focused on that. Um, and you'll see more of the iceberg emerge over the next couple of years. Um, a, a second piece of this, I think, is... Um, sort of alternative finance, so like buy now, pay later, um, you know, there's going to be questions about how that gets regulated and quite frankly, questions about, you know, disclosures. I, I think um, I think they'll be taking a look at it, certainly to see if, if they think there's any issues there. Um, and, you know, they sort of signaled that. Uh, and then the last piece, I think, is uh, potential sorts of um, privacy rules around um, the way data is used. Um, and disclosed and, you know, anything that they perceive as being unfair in that area, not, not just bias. 
Um, those are the areas I think that they'll really be focused on um, as, as it pertains to fintech. And then, of course, I think, you know, in the competition world, there'll be certainly um, lots of other actions I think you'll see them take over the next year. Dwayne, thanks so much for this great insight. And again, really looking forward to having you back in a couple of months. Great. Happy to. Thanks again. One of the toughest things for new entrants to any industry is to figure out just what are the rules of the road and what is the collection of risks and tripwires that are necessary in order to survive. Now, in the case of fintech, the universe of landmines are extensive, but they do serve an important service. In the case of the FTC, and as we've heard, the CFPB, agencies aim to protect consumers, both to ensure their safety and to make sure people know just what they're ultimately getting when they spend their hard-earned money on technology. And these are ultimately aims that overlap with good business practice and good sense as well. Still, applying rules necessitates knowing technology and, as we've heard, keeping up with it. And only time will tell if the FTC is any better at it than its sister agencies strewn across the Capitol. But one thing's for sure, the degree to which it does is bound to impact not only the companies in its crosshairs, but also the very shape and vibrancy of American innovation. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit me up at Chris Brummer DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. We'd love to hear from you.